Did someone offer a four-star defensive lineman over $600,000 to come play for Utah? And the Utes added a couple under-the-radar recruits. We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Appreciate all of you who have subscribed to us on YouTube. We're over 900 subscribers now. Can't thank you guys enough for your support. We'd love to interact with you guys on the YouTube comments, as well as you can find me at social media at JT Wistersill or follow our channel at Locked On Utes. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more effectively by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college terms and conditions may apply my name is jt we're still former intern inside the university of utah athletic department on today's show we're talking about some of the recruits that utah added under the radar we talked about the four stars what makes us the highest rated class in program history but there's always those diamonds in the rough right those devin lloyds of past the brant keithies of past that just fly under the radar that no one really talks about that end up paying big dividends and i think this utah team just picked up a couple of them we're going to talk about them in a bit and a couple of things on utah basketball to close out but first we got to start with what's been at least the bigger thing that's been getting headlines revolving the Utah football program was there was recently an article released. I know the one by Outkick is what got the most attention, but the the title of the article is about how um, Devin Hobbs, who's a defensive lineman, who's now committed to Tennessee, once again, Devin Hobbs. So he said that someone from Utah, just I'll read the quote for you guys, courtesy of our friends at 24-7 Sports. This comes from Chris Hummer. Um, who interviewed Devon Devon Hobbs about this kind of whole situation and story. He said he got a message from a verified account with millions of followers offering him $600,000 for him to go to Utah. Hobbs couldn't believe it. That's a ton of money. He showed his mom. These are all quotes from inside the article. Once again, 24-7 Chris Hummer's reporting. And Hobbs had one tiny issue with the account reaching out. Utah wasn't recruiting him. So... Weird situation, right? And this is where NIL comes into play, right? It just murkies the waters and everything in the world of college football now. And now there's obviously a lot of people who are like, obviously, look, Utah didn't even, hadn't even offered Hobbs. So it's like, well, this seems a little strange. And look, Hobbs is a very talented player. He's a top 40 player in the class of 2023, as I mentioned, committed to go to Tennessee now, 6'4", 270. So an elite player. I think it's not a question of uh, if Utah would have wanted this guy, but I, from the sounds of it, it doesn't really sound like the Utes thought they we're going to be in the running for a guy like this or whatever the reasons that we don't know Utah hadn't offered him. Maybe he just from that area didn't feel like he was, they were going to be able to get him either way. So did someone reach out and offer him $600,000? The logical thing, or just the most educated thing to say is we don't know, right? Because we we're not in, we're not of course knowing what's going on and hop social media feed. We don't know what, if it was a fake account, if it was real or not, but what I think happened is yeah, I think someone with an absolutely loaded bank account. Look, Hobbs said, and I, I, why would he lie about this? That makes no sense. Why in the world would a guy going to Tennessee take a shot at Utah? I just that makes even less sense to me than this than this being like completely false. Just that someone reach out. What I think is far more likely the case is that someone with a loaded checkbook who is whether in they're a booster for Utah or whatever the situation is. Once again, that yes, they probably reached out and were like, "You should come to Utah." 
we all build this. We will pay you this much to go there because that's the way NIL is starting to work, right? In the past, it seems like we don't know how. Look, there was always those accusations of paying players, right? In the past, look at the SEC last year, right? We had Nick Saban and uh, Jimbo Fisher, whose name escaped me for a moment, probably because the 2023 season, the 2022 season was so forgettable for Texas A&M. But they had those whole trading back and forth about money and everything like that, and all the accusations and everything like that. That's the world of college football, right? There's lots of money being tossed around now. Um, most of it through NIL deals, some of it probably still illegally through NIL deals. Even that's just, it's a whole thing. They're trying to figure out how they want to regulate and everything. So I do believe that a booster reached out or just whoever was someone with once again, a loaded checkbook and said, Hey, we'll give you $600,000 to go to Utah. But it may be in their mind, they probably just thought like, Oh, I can do this. And then I can get the school to offer and bring it in. They probably thought this person who offered this, assuming they did, because as I said, all we have is to go off of what Hobbs has said. And once again, he has absolutely nothing to gain from spending bad rumors about Utah or anything revolving NIL, which Utah has already been a couple of NIL stories. Not long ago, uh, Pat Narduzzi of uh, Pitt football took a shot at Utah over a receiver. It's just been a, that's once again, the NIL is so much fun for all these reasons, obviously, because it gets all murky and, and messy. I mean, even in the same story, the reason that it was um that this story has been making so much news too from Chris Homer on there is the title. Look, look at the title of the article elite 2023 recruit sees NIL as a matter of respect. It's how you're viewed as a player. That part I read to you guys about David Hobbs is just the intro to a larger piece, breaking down the craziness that is the NIL cycle. And one other thing I do find interesting, just because we're talking about, look, $600,000, that's a lot, right? But when you're an elite player like Hobbs, I think he was probably getting more from somewhere else. And you could be like, well, that's crazy. Well, Jaden Rashada, who's now at Arizona State, um, his whole thing that fell through at Florida, he was reportedly going to be featured a $13 million NIL deal that really went bad, or that was a whole other messy situation we're not going to spend time talking about here. But as I mentioned, I I feel like this is actually true and that someone did reach out and offered him this much money because that's the way these NIL things work. Now, I do think this is an example of whoever reached out and offered him thinking he has more power than he did, right? Because Utah hadn't even offered the guy because they weren't in the running. Once again, extremely talented player, an elite four-star, someone who Utah would have absolutely loved to be a part of their program, I'm sure. But once again, it's just this whole situation is so messy. It's so weird. It's all a bunch of he said, she said stuff. So... But I mean, this guy, I mean, he's legit. He's actually, so according to this ranking, he's the 56th ranked player overall, the seventh defensive lineman. So, I mean, just an absolute monster. I mean, obviously you'd want this guy on your team. But once again, I just think that it absolutely was offered six. I think he was offered $600,000 to come to Utah by someone and Utah. And obviously he's already committed to Tennessee. I got a pretty good feeling if he's that high, if he's the top 10 defensive tackle in the class, you tell, he's getting more than 600,000, I believe. Maybe it was 600,000 on instant signing or whatever it was. I don't know how all these things work. No one does because there's every school does and operates their NIL differently and all kind of under where no one can really talk about or look at exactly how it all works out, right? There's these numbers and things that get all reported and flying around, but it's all just a big jumbled mess. So yeah, I do think there is truth to this that Hobbs was offered this much money to come to Utah. I also think he's getting a ton more to come to Tennessee. I mean, it's just, this is Tennessee football and they're on. And I know in the past, it's like, well, they haven't been as good as of recent that past few couple of years, right before this most recent one, they weren't as good, but then they really turned the corner with the season handed hooker had Joe Milton's coming back. They're going to be really good again. So yeah, I, I think he's getting even more than this to come to Tennessee. And once again, I definitely believe that someone kicked the tires on it and was just making a ditch ever like, oh, we should get more ta- another talented guy in here. Let's offer him this big NIL bag and see if he's going to come because 
that's unfortunately the way these things work right now. So it's going to be interesting to see how it changes. There's lots of rules and regulations that people are trying to pass to look into seeing how NIL can be established because this is not the banner NIL was established under was originally just to give the guys who are already in college those opportunities, right? This was like when Lamar Jackson was lighting it up at Louisville. He's got his statue there and everything, jersey number retired. I mean, he's incredible. This was supposed to be so he could make money once you kind of prove and do things. It wasn't really supposed to originally factor into recruiting, but now it does. It's the world we live in. And look, Utah, I think, has done a good job adapting to the times, and they've done a lot of really good things. And whenever you're involved in the craziness that is NL, though, it's just going to be a bunch of finger pointing, and you did this, and you did that. And this isn't going to be the last time we're going to talk about it on this channel because there's going to be a lot more accusations around NIL because it's a lot stuff like this, especially involving these recruits and kids who are fresh out of high school. This is where it gets really shady, in my opinion. So either way, hopefully Hobbs goes on to Tennessee, has a, has a great career. And uh, yeah, once again, just another crazy NIL story that I'm sure is not going to be the last <laughs> revolving around the Utah football program. And just in general, every college football program is going to be dealing with NIL stories. So on from a recruit who's not coming to Utah Hobbs in a second, we're going to come back and talk about a few Utah players who are going to be coming in these couple under the radar recruiting under the radar recruiting guys who are going to be able to make an impact early on. Not the Spencer Fano's, the Smith Snowden's, not the guys that's like, oh, they're stealing super high. They're going to do this. But a couple of those underrated guys that I think could make a big impact. I'm going to tell you exactly those names and what kind of impact I think they're going to make in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on team members you surround yourself with. That's why you should check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more effectively by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. You can identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs, and they're rated the number one by small businesses in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. You post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. All right, so coming back in, looking at some under-the-radar recruits for this Utah football program that I think that, look, they're not the four stars, the five stars. These are those under-the-radar guys that are going to come in and I think make an impact. And the first one is going to be a local guy. Went to Farmington High School, and that's Mitch Nielsen. Nielsen last season had 45 receptions, 863 yards, and 13 touchdowns. And how do you do all that? And also, I think there's some still some discussion, like, is he going to end up being a tight end? Look, he's 6'1", 210. This isn't a guy I'm expecting a Nielsen to come in right away and put up numbers. This is a guy I think a couple years down the road could be producing and doing things for this Utah football team. So what will that time allow him until we see his, him on the field at Rice Eccles, unless he may be in uh, maybe a year or two breaks in on special teams somehow? Well, what I think is going to allow him to do is to get bigger, stronger, faster, all of those things. I think people forget Brant Keithy, because you might hear 6'1 and go, that's not tall enough. Brant Keith is only 6'2", guys. <laughs> now he's pretty he's pretty dominant every time he takes the field. So what I what's most important to me in a pass catcher of anything, because there's look, you could be a tight end, maybe a receiver, even if you wanted to lose some of that weight instead of try to put it on. Um, he played a little bit of linebacker too. He's an he's an athlete. I mean, look, obviously if you're playing at this level, you have to be athletic, right? But he, I mean, he truly is. I think the biggest thing that stood out to me going back and watching his film is his ability to just make guys miss, man. It's special. I mean. It reminded me of the high school version. This is not who he's going to be in college, but his ability to get yards after catch or after contact reminded me a lot about a lot of the special things we saw Dalton Kincaid do. Now, once again, this guy's not coming in and going to be Dalton Kincaid, but just when you're talking about he's just a guy who was making guys miss the high school level, 
We saw Dalton Kincaid do that pretty well at the college level. So I do think Nielsen's a guy who can come in, develop, get some time. He's a good athlete, as I mentioned, got good hips, good flexibility on the outside, really dominant in the slot, big target too, nice big hands, can haul in those passes over the middle, fearless, tough, good speed to break away, can go over top of guys too. So a really athletic tight end that I think can – is going to be able to do some things in the near future for this Utah football team. Once again, I know we get all wrapped up in the big signings too, like the CJ Jacobsons, who I think is going to be a stud. And I think we'll hear his name called her sooner than Nielsen, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if in a couple of years, Nielsen's catching touchdowns and making plays in rice cycle stadiums, because number one, he actually just did that this most recent year because Farmington did make it all the way to the semifinals of the, of the six, a state championship. So he got an opportunity to catch some passes inside rice cycles, but guys who are productive in high school, a lot of times tend to find a way to be productive in college too, especially if they're the hardworking kind of guys who buy in and commit. So I think Nielsen will be able to do a lot of really nice things. He was actually the only guy that announced he was coming to Utah on signing day so that everyone, you know, everyone's obviously let down by Walker Lions, but it'll be kind of interesting to see by the time Walker comes back, what Mitch is doing in these, if he is doing anything in these next two years, if he's factored in at all, if in three years, whatever the timeline is going to be, I'm excited to see what he is going to be able to do. Now, moving on to our next guy, Shay O'Kelly, a three-star linebacker out of California, who's two-time All-State honoree, 6'2", 220, 135 tackles his senior year, sheesh, and 18 tackles for loss. So when you talk about O'Kelly, Dude hits like a truck. I mean, my goodness, his ability to, as soon as he, he does a really good job locating the ball. And then as soon as he finds it there, an instance, I mean, he is just a blur and he, like I said, he, I mean, he hits too. It's not like he just gets there and like softly wraps up and all that. Like, no, he, I mean, he makes his presence felt. He's the kind of guy who makes a hit and eggs go, Oh, everyone in the stadium kind of, kind of leans back a little bit. So I'm really excited about this guy. Also a really good blitzer. I think, and another guy too, and O'Kelly, he's, you're not going to hear his name the first year very much at all, maybe second year on special teams, anything like that. But later down the road, watch out for him because I do think he's the guy who's going to have a chance to factor in. It's getting harder and harder to find reps and just plays at Utah because of the talent level they're bringing in. But anytime you're, once again, a guy who's just willing to come in, buy in, work hard, and do your job, you're going to have a chance to put yourself in position to succeed. I feel like it's the same thing for O'Kelly. He's another good athlete too. That's why I said I think he can contribute on special teams. A good tackler. Also pretty good in coverage too. Good, Pretty good wingspan too. Ability to bat those balls when he drops back. So I'm I'm excited for O'Kelly. I think he's another guy too. Give him a little bit of time and he could really develop into something. Now, last guy this Utah team picked up was Cole Keel. And when you talk about Keel, he's an offensive lineman, although he could be a defensive lineman at Utah. 6'4", 275 with 34.5 inches for his arm length and you guys might be thinking like okay what does that mean for arm length well the nfl the average nfl guard his arm length is actually 33 and the average nfl tackle his arm length is 34 so the arm length is absolutely incredible and when you talk about keel what's the biggest thing that stands out well he's a he's a three sport state champion or top three placement so he's a he's a good athlete in terms of that for his size overall and if i had to guess what makes him so athletic it's pretty easy guys because i already told you his weight six four two seventy five he's really freaking strong and powerful i mean he just tosses guys out of the way absolute mauler in the run game can just throw dudes aside when he gets his hands on you it's pretty much over um he does not skip leg day my gosh he does not skip leg day just good job climbing to the second level too loves to finish blocks with pancakes plays with that nice nasty streak you love to see in an offensive lineman so yeah, I'm a fan of Keel, but I do think he could be a defensive lineman too because he's really strong. Like he was like I really hard to move. So I I think if you wanted him to instead of uh I think you could 
if you want to maybe lose a little weight, if you want to see him be a little more athletic on the outside, he's not the fastest guy. So pulling isn't exactly going to be his strength. And because he's not the tallest guy, it's harder to see him on the outside at tackle. Although he has the arm length to do it. And Utah's had six, six, four tackles before. So maybe we'll have a chance to factor into there one day, but I think he's just got to get a little more athletic before he's at that point. Uh, refine his technique a little bit to just get, keep his hands inside a little bit more when you're as strong as he is in high school. I mean, you can just overpower, just toss dudes aside with ease. I think at college, you have to be more technically sound to be able to hold up against the other best players of that level because high school, you know, you're going against guys who are going to be um, just working at the library or just any kind of random job in the future, right? Or just done playing football. But then when you go into college, that's when you get to that level where it's like everyone is the elite of the elite. So it gets up to that next level. So for Keeley, I think he's a guy who has a chance to develop and be a special player for this Utah team too. One of those underrated depth guys in the future, whether he's playing on the offensive or defensive line, but can truly be a force for this Utah team in the trenches. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out for him. But once again, highest rated recruiting class for the Utes. It's really exciting. But also don't forget about these under the radar guys, the Keeleys, the O'Kellys, the Nielsens of the world. These are the guys in the past that have made Utah football into the two-time Pac-12 championship program that they have now become. So it's going to be something fun to, and interesting to watch to see how it all plays out. We're going to come back in a moment and shift into some Utah basketball talk. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built Healthy, is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars really good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how they do it, but they have such an amazing taste while also being healthy. They only have 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of program. And now you don't need to wait around to get your, bo your box of Built Bars by going to Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Smith's or Sam's Club store. That's right. Head to your nearest Smith's or Sam's Club today and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, coconut puffs, salted caramel brownie, batter puffs at your nearest Smith's. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, run and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Head over and cash in on those great deals from Built. Also, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. At UCCU, Love Where You Bank is, is a promise made by our local not-for-profit financial institutions dedicated to helping families improve their fin financial lives. UCCU delivers that on, on that promise. They pioneer new technologies that make banking safer and easier and more convenient. They create new products and services that add real value to their members. They provide easy access to real local human beings who always give personal help or assistance. There are many reasons to love banking with UCCU, and now UCCU will share 14 reasons to love where you bank. Here's the best part. UCCU is also giving away a stay at the Grand America, complete with a visit to the Grand Spa until Valentine's Day. On both Facebook and Instagram, see why you'll love banking with UCCU. When you see a post, love it, and you'll automatically be entered to win that Grand America experience and that spa trip. So enter each day. You can visit UCCU's Facebook or Instagram pages now until Valentine's Day and enter to win. UCCU, love where you bank. All righty, coming in to close this one out, the Utah men's basketball team was in action on Thursday, and then they got a little extra day off. You know, usually it's that Thursday, kind of Saturday kind of thing. This time it was Thursday, two-day break, and then Sunday. And it was a good thing the Utah basketball team got a little bit of a break after that Thursday game. Maybe you could say it'd be quicker for them to 
turn it around since they had the tough loss to Stanford. But I think it was better for them to kind of be able to take two days, really retool and figure out what they want to do going forward, allow the coaches to make those adjustments. So 78 to 72 home loss to Stanford. This is a Utah team that is not at a bad home loss since the game against Sam Houston, which was either late November or early December. It's crazy how far along we are in the college basketball season now that we are in February and gearing up for a couple of tough Pac-12 games until the Pac-12 tournament's up. But I mean, the tournament is right around the corner. So in this one, the Utes, um, you can tell they really miss Gabe Madsen, and not because of the starting lineup's lack of production, because Lazar Stefanovic was really good and career-high 26 points for him. He was 10 of 22 from the field, 6 of 14 from the outside, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. No one replaced him off the bench. The bench points in this one for the Utes, 6 to 20 for Stanford. Utes had a good, hard job defensively, too, just really had a hard time stopping the Cardinal. Offensively, settled for a lot of bad shots that – just not high percentage looks for this Utah team. Also very sloppy with the ball Utah was. Cardinal did a great job doubling Brandon down low. They would have someone front him and then someone else kind of waiting right under the hoop in that kind of the help area so that as soon as Utah would try to lob the pass in, that guy would come flying over to either deflect it out of bounds or just fluster Brandon right away. So he would want to kick it back out, but there was no easy or obvious read for him to go to. So a great job by Stanford. They came in with a great game plan, executed it absolutely to a T. But it was also a tough look for the Utes because, as we mentioned, they just didn't look good offensively. Overall, for the game, they shot just 39% to Stanford's 53. They were 35% from the outside, while Stanford shot the lights out 56%. They were 10 of 18, just a lot of those good open looks. A lot of those issues really hurt the Utes overall. So it was a tough loss to Stanford. But thankfully, it was the only loss they suffered on the weekend because that's the fortunate part about getting Cal. It was a 61-46 to win for the Utes as they took on the Cal Golden Bears at home. It was a close first half. Utah had 29, Cal 24, still back and forth a little bit. We don't know what Coach Smith said in the locker room, but whatever it was, it definitely worked because in the second half, Utah came out and held Cal to just 22 points while they scored 32 themselves for the 61-46 win. So nice little get-right win for Utah. Utah didn't shoot a great from the field, 37 percent overall 32 percent from three but the Utes front court was able to do their things ben carlson really good in this one he was three of four from three point range 11 points brandon carlson held in check a little bit for 14 overall from him was forced to be an outside shooter he shot nine threes in this one making just two of them but still a nice double double for him with 12 and 13 and stefanovich continues to shine in the starting role he had 15 in this one five of 12 for the game three of eight from three-point range. We'll also dishing out six assists to lead the Utes overall. I think Stefanovic's game, he's a guy who started off and on for Utes, right? I still remember his game against UCLA last year as a true freshman where it really burst onto the scene. He had that, I want to say it was an 18-point game, which was at that point his career high, and he had a really good-looking three at the buzzer, too. I remember that would have sent the game to overtime against UCLA that just missed. But he's a guy who's been an awesome six-man for this team, and as soon as Madsen went down. He stepped up, and he's been phenomenal. His ability to put pressure on the defense off the dribble. He spaces the floor. He's he's a tough shot maker, too. He's not a Gabe Madsen level of like tough shot taker and maker, but he can hit some tough ones, too, and I like the way he operates in the mid-range as well. I think he does a really good job, so I'm a big Stefanovic fan, and it was another nice thing for Utah was Jackson Brenchley played well. Um, I'm good for Jackson. I'm just a little let down because Will and Kaba only got 14 minutes combined. They combined for zero points. The bench is the bench is a very good chance to be this Utah basketball team's undoing. The loss for Stanford put them in a very bad position, let's just say, for any NCAA tournament run hopes. I know last week we had uh, Josh Furlong, uh, Josh Newman on, excuse me, talking about the, the probability of a uh, NCAA tournament berth for the Utes, and it was still on the table. And the one thing that Newman did a great job highlighting was Utah hadn't had any losses to quad three or four teams. 
man, did he jinx Utah because that's exactly what that Stanford loss was. And it was really deflating. So whatever it looked, the future looks like for this Utah team, if they're able to somehow get hot, go into the tournament, squeeze their way into the into the NCAA tournament, or if they do end up in the NC, or if they do end up in the NIT versus the NCAA tournament, the thing that really concerns me is the bench. I just feel like, Look, I mean, we saw Eli Ballstead get a lot of run last time. It wasn't really his day. And Jackson Benchley, look, he did a good job, as we mentioned, having 10 points off the bench is a nice plus. But is it replicable? I got to wait and see that. I have a hard time saying it is. But he had 10 points in this one, four of nine from the field, one of four from three. I think one of Caber or Will is going to really have to come to life for this team to put themselves in a strong position to make any kind of postseason noise, whether that's multiple wins in the Pac-12 tournament, whether that is somehow making it to the NCAA tournament, or whether that is a long extended run in the NIT. I think... You're going to need one of those freshmen to become a strong contributor, and they're going to have to start playing in the double figures in minutes. Um, we know Coach Smith trusts those freshmen, but it's not like he puts everything in those freshmen either. He talked about it in the game against Stanford. He didn't play Cabe much in the second half, despite Cabe giving them some good stuff early on because he just felt like he needed to roll with his other guys, which is understandable, but sometimes those other guys get worn down a little bit too, and it helps to be deep, especially because you never know when injuries are going to strike, like they now have for this Utah team who now desperately misses Gabe Madsen because it has made their bench weaker because Stefanovic has been forced to step in and start. But you have a whole week to get right, basically. They don't play again until Saturday when Colorado comes into the Huntsman, so a nice opportunity for the Utes to rest up, get a little healthy too, just get right, go into this matchup with a good mindset, and hopefully get another strong win because they're going to need to continue to pile them on if they want to put themselves in position for any kind of postseason success. Um, also, we're going to talk about more about it on tomorrow's show when Michelle Bodkin is on, but the Utah women's basketball team continues to be absolutely sensational. 100 points against Oregon, a great road win. They're a top 10 team. Alyssa Peely, absolutely incredible. Jenna Johnson, Gianna Neepkins. The way Lynn Roberts has this group bought in and playing right now, it is truly inspirational to watch, and it is a lot of fun to be a Utah women's basketball fan because they continue to do their thing. We're going to talk about them more on tomorrow's show as well as some more stuff revolving around the Utah football program, so make sure you guys join us on tomorrow's Locked On Utes. But in the meantime, if you're looking for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Make sure you check out our brand-new podcast, Locked On College Basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, coaches and players locked on college basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for today's edition of locked on Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow.